If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. Welcome to today's episode, Suburban Brawl, where we talk about the recent flight to the suburbs and how that's brought the fight for location to Main Street. Today's guest today is George Schechter, luxury real estate advisor based in Miami. George, how you doing? Good. How are you all? Uh, we're very about- good, George. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you on the show. So tell Glad us about yourself. So tell us about yourself, George. Uh, I am a fifth generation South Floridian. I like to make the joke. I'm like that white whale. You don't see us that often. And I don't speak Spanish, but I married a Peruvian. Um, I have got 10 plus years in the business, luxury real estate sales. Um, I am now the director of luxury division for Access Luxury Homes and Access Perfect Homes at Keller Williams. So I should say Ola. <laughs> okay. So, so, so really to start this off, um, you know, this is um, back in the day, I think maybe about 10, 15 years ago, we would hear a lot about the trend moving to the city, right? So yeah, the young uh, executives, people getting out of school, they wanted to live closer to the job. So apartments, condos, rentals in big cities, boomed. And then you also saw the empty nesters. If you were over the age of 65, your your kids left the house, you wanted to downsize and move closer to the entertainment. So you wanted to get closer to your shows and all the things that you enjoyed doing, sold the house, moved into the big city, condos, rentals, booming. Spend some of that money. Exactly. And But now things are a little bit different. What happened? COVID. <laughs> Let's just... Let's just let's just start. Wait, right how do you spell? There. How do you spell so, that? C O. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I think I think let's, let's let's just nail it right where it started. So um, country went into lockdown, um, and you saw a, a complete shift in priorities for pretty much everyone. Like you said, Alex, it, it had been at least fifteen years of a of a mass migration. What I would call to the urban core, less commute, um, quicker to work, um, just a smaller footprint, no driving, no, but now with COVID space has become a massive priority and and you've seen a production from home for employers that is really supporting this. So now everyone, instead of wanting to be there before, they're saying to themselves, let's get out. Let's go to the suburbs that we kind of shunned 10 years ago. Let's get some outdoor space. 
Let's not have to share an elevator. If we need to be stuck at home for three months, let's have our own personal space. Um, it's created a strong demand for single family in this in the suburban neighborhoods. But you know, it's not easy, right? So I mean, you know, in, in the cities when you want an apartment, uh, a developer would build up, right? And so you have these monstrosities of buildings, the 30, 40, 50 floors of, of apartments. Um, and you can pack a lot of people in a small a small area, right? In the suburbs, not so much. I mean, you have a single family house. You're not seeing a lot of huge buildings in that area. People don't really want to be in an apartment, a multifamily. They want a single family. So space is a thing. Uh, you know, I, when I look, when I read the the paper every day, I see um, uh, you know apartments or or homes going for X and Y. It seems like a fight. And I look, it reminds me of the West Side Story, right? You know, it's a, it's a turf battle. What is it like on the ground? It can't be easy for a family of three or four to to simply pick up out of the city and move to the suburbs. By the so way, if it's, absolutely- if it's West Side Story and it's the Jets versus the Sharks, if anybody's watching the Jets season so far, I'm taking the Sharks. <laughs> I haven't watched Thanks. the Jets since like the 80s. <laughs> So you're exactly right, though, Alex. It, it is very difficult right now. And um, to give you a listen, I'll give you a great story. I, I had a property in Coconut Grove, a small single family neighborhood in Miami. Um, I put it up on a Friday morning at 7 a.m. I was on my way back from a road trip. By 9 a.m., my wife said, pull over the car, let me drive. I had already had 12 showing requests. I showed that property 45 times in four days. I had seven offers, three above ask, all cash. I ended up closing two weeks from list date. They didn't even inspect a 1941 wood frame coconut grove house. So the story I wanted to really tell you is the Saturday of all of this. I had 14 showings, all stacked 30 minutes apart. The surreal part for me, I've been doing this a long time. They all knew each other. Everybody coming in saw the person leaving and saw the person after them, and they knew each other. They would walk in the house and be like, hey, how are you? And the door would close, and they'd be like, damn it, they're here again? And it it, it was – I just kind of sat back in the corner and watched the show. I've been doing this a long time. Um, I've never seen a demand on single family like I do right now. Let me ask you a question, George. Do you think this is permanent or do you think this is temporary because of COVID and people will eventually move back? There was an article in a paper today about people who've left New York City uh, for Maine or Vermont and are basically pulling their hair out. They're so bored and looking for a chance to come back. What do you see? So what, what I see is in, in a typical standard market, this would probably be very temporary. But uh, I see it a little bit differently. Uh, like I said a little bit earlier, I see that people are becoming extremely productive working from home. They're, they're getting their job done at the same level, if not at a higher level. And employers are seeing this. So employers are gonna encourage people to stay home if they're still being productive. So I, I see this as more of a long-term fix. Um, people want their space. They don't wanna be stuck, especially in our market in Miami, we see a lot of buyers from the Northeast coming down. I mean, one or two, I would say two out of five showings is usually someone from the Northeast in one of the major metropolitan cities. And let's be real, it, and come December when it's 22 degrees in Manhattan and you're on the 16th floor of a tower, or you can be in Miami 
in a 2,500 square foot home with a pool, relaxing, sipping on a Mai Tai, even during quarantine, you might choose that option. <laughs> Mai Tai. Okay. So, so are the suburbs ready for these people? I mean, you know, when you think about the suburbs and Main Street and you think about the corner store uh, that's now been replaced by the Walmart, but then you think about what people the services and resources people had in the city um you know the 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 luxuries of the city the conveniences of the city and all of that um are the, are people expecting that same level of service and resources when they come to the suburbs and are they shocked to know that all that stuff is not quite available or the, the town that was almost dying because people were leaving uh now being revitalized or being renewed because people are moving back are they, uh, is there a stress or some tension or some issues that people are, are seeing when they when they're when they're now being now now they're moving in? To to a small extent, yes. But what what I would tell you to that is, we're in a day and age where anyone can get any information on any neighborhood online in, in the click of a, a key. So um, most of them are coming in informed. And the other thing I'd like to tell you about that is, these are the people who are going to change that. So they're going to move to these neighborhoods. They're going to invest in these neighborhoods. You're going to see businesses start coming back because that's where the, the people are. Um, and and it, it's going to change that aspect in the sense that um, one of the things that has been hit hardest is commercial real estate space. But I, I see commercial bouncing back because I see a move to the suburbs where now these little small little strip malls in, in the downtown city center can get revitalized with some businesses because now the populations are growing in these suburbs again. So now they can sustain these businesses. So yes, I, I do think there's a, a small bit of people who are culture shocked. I, I, I think we'd be remiss to say they weren't. Um, but I do think that those same people who kind of take the gut punch on it are going to turn around and say, you know what? Well, let's fix it. Let's get these cool businesses. And I also think we're going to see a lot more of the mom and pop shops coming back rather than the big box businesses. Well, that's interesting. So more CVSs are going to be definitely needed in these suburbs and things like that. A question CVSs, for you. CVSs, grocery stores. Yeah. Um, buying a home is such a personal and important a purchase. Um, usually people do a lot of homework on that. Uh, they'll visit neighborhoods. They'll talk to friends who live there. They'll really do their homework. Obviously, what's going on now, it's certainly what you're saying, is people buying unseen, closing without inspecting. How much more do they lean on you? How much more important is the relationship between you and the buyer now? Uh, I think it's it, it, you can, it, it's almost priceless at this point, because right now with a lot of these out-of-state buyers who who are what I would call COVID conscious, because we the, there's a good majority of our population who are still very very scared and and rightfully so, so they are not coming down to view the properties like they would before or tour these neighborhoods. So they are very reliant on myself and other real estate professionals to help guide them and make this process a lot easier. Um, it's the most personal thing someone can ever do is purchasing a house. It's, it's a massive monetary commitment. A lot of the times on a 30 year commitment, um, I think that gets lost on people sometimes. That's, that's a long time to be committed to something. And it's where you're going to live and it's where you're going to raise your family. So it, if you can't see it yourself, you need to make sure you're working with an agent who has your best interests in mind. Um, personally, I've always based my business around service. So my client's needs are always going to go before my own. And, and, and that's just how I operate. And 
as realtors, we've gotten much better at helping them through this. So our virtual tours, our 3D Matterport um, floor plan, so they can get a feel from it online. Um, the Skype and Zoom tours through the house, um, FaceTime, anything we can do to give them comfortability. Um, I even send potential buyers packets on the neighborhoods they're looking at. What are the local businesses uh, with a distance to it? How far you would have to be? Can you walk to the community center? Is there organized sports? Is there, what are the schools? Uh, schools are a big one because most of the time, a lot of people would go to a neighborhood based around the school, but now they're buying because inventory is low. So they're buying where they can get a house that, that, that fits them. So they need to be informed on, is there a good public school? If not, what type of private schools are close by? Um, so to answer your question, it's probably more reliant on me than they've ever been before. You know, it sounds like you're part financial advisor, part therapist, and part Sherpa. <laughs> I, I would emphasize the therapist part. Okay. Well, you know, it's like, it's obviously, as you mentioned, it's a big purchase, the, big, most, the biggest purchase, uh, you know, in our lives. Uh, you know, and, and we, we think today, um, or at least yesterday, today, and perhaps not so distant into the future. Uh, and, you know, when I like to think about real estate, it's, it's a concept that never really, it, real estate never really goes away, right? Just people move, real estate doesn't in a lot of ways. And so and I find that, um, you know, people are moving from the city, which, you know, like I said, 15 years ago, everyone moved into, now everyone's moving out. And then the question is, well, will it, is a trend here or will it reverse itself? We don't really know, right? I mean, you know, is there, is the pandemic changed um, uh, the way that we think our behavior or has it just accelerated it, right? Were you all meant to move to the suburbs anyway, <laughs> down the road? Uh, and then this situation just made it happen a lot faster. And I, and I say that because there's a whole bunch of, you know, products and services, the Ubers of the world and the, the whole, the, the notion that you don't need a car in the suburbs anymore, the notion that you don't need to, the restaurants don't necessarily need to be down the street anymore. I hear this concept of vertical farming. So, so the farm to home um, concept is getting a bit more real for more people that are closer to cities, like the, you know, the, the, the near city suburbs. So it's, Maybe is it is it just better to be in the suburbs? It's God a personal forbid. preference. <clears throat> what? It, it, it really breaks down to a personal preference. So um, I, I think you can have a, a fantastic quality of life in the suburbs if that's what suits you. But there is a contingent of people who need the busy hecticness of a city. And I think we'd be remiss to forget about them. Is that population decreasing? Right now it is. And like you said, none of us are Nostradamus. None, none of us can see into the future and anyone in real estate who tells you they can tell you what the market's doing is lying to your face. At, at the end of the day, we can have informed decisions and we, and we can make guesses based on what the data is telling us. But at the end of the day, real estate is, is its own entity and its own animal. And it's going to do what the economy pushes it to do. And Every market is its own microcosm. Miami is a completely different market than the rest of the country. Um, you know, right now, Manhattan is not seeing a strong real estate market, but Miami in the last eight months, like you, I think you said the number was 19%. I think the, by the end of quarter four, we're going to be plus 22, 25% for the year on single family homes. So um, it, it's just, it's very unpredictable. But what I would say about that is the majority of people are going to the suburbs. Yeah, I, I, I was referring to an article uh, in the Miami Herald that said that single family homes was up 19%, I think, last month, year over year. The developers have to think long term. 
right? It takes time to get approvals, building, sales. What do you see, that, how, what are their actions right now? Does it indicate based on what they're doing that they think it's long-term or are they sitting back and kind of watching this thing a bit? So I, I would call it a pause. And, and I'm seeing on the verti- on what we would call vertical developers um, are, are in a holding pattern. They're, they're not launching new pro- projects very minimally. Only stuff that was already through steps five and six are now continuing to move forward. Anything else has been paused. Where I'm seeing a pickup is some of these massive land developers like Lennar, who does work all around the country, is acquiring land and they're going to be building these suburban communities. So to answer your question right now, it seems like the developers see a shift and and they're cautiously moving towards the shift. But I would tell you that they're not completely giving up on the other aspect of things. They're just more in a wait and see approach. So are we going to see less more rather more scarcity down the road you know for, for people looking for a home or we're gonna see what i mean is is the market meeting the demand or is it just getting worse and people are going to be struggling to find places to live right now it's getting worse right now inventory has not increased as much as we would like it to and the buyer demand has increased but i do see if you see some of these mass large developers like lenar and other companies do start to develop these projects that should balance out the equation. Um, but as of right now, it's a dogfight down here. Yeah, <laughs> you that's funny. Have to be ready. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because I, I was um, in New York. It used to be the case where, like, you know, if you if you weren't in the rental market, in, in this case, if you weren't walking around with a check for your down payment or your deposit in your back pocket, like real estate agents wouldn't even want to show you an apartment because they realize, like, if you can't if you can't say yes right now, well, you know, what's the point? Because there's there's a line of people waiting to get into this apartment, and it's and that was you know for you know for a one bedroom or whatever you know in 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 a, in a prime location in the city, uh, and now I guess now it's the same. They have to have a hundred thousand dollar check, you know, to to uh, you know for single family homes in the suburb. It it's absolutely intense. I I have some buyers right now. Just a little anecdote for you guys that are working to buy something in Coconut Grove in that same neighborhood. I sold the other house. And these poor people, I've written 12 contracts for them in the last, I'd say, 30 days. And I've become very dot loop proficient, in case anyone wanted to know. But uh, they are just getting beat up. The husband keeps referring to it as it feels like a Greek tragedy. He's like, I just can't. He's like, I just can't win. Why? Why can't Me I too, win? Brute. <laughs> well, and, and, you mentioned and, that the you mentioned that the couples coming in and out all know each other, saying hi, how are you? When the door closes, does the couple in go? You know, we don't really like those people. One hundred percent. Like it, it, it's it's hilarious because they're like, our kids are in the same class, but I can't stand her. Um, <laughs> and, and, and the names of that were. <laughs> um, but this buyer, he's just. I mean, he's he's getting beat up. And at the end of the day, I've been very frank with him. I was like, listen, you got to come in with ask right now. This is not a market where you're trying to get a deal. You're just not. Your market values are what they are. The good thing about Miami is we have learned from the last housing crisis. So you're not seeing inflation and the numbers that we saw then that led to the the unspeakable. We don't like to discuss. but the market holds strong. So if you're going to come in, you're going to come in at ask and you're going to have a shot. And if you don't prepare to move to the next house. 
I feel like I want to come in as Russell Crowe in uh, The Gladiator and say, are you not entertained? <laughs> Unleash hell. I've, I've literally sent offers to realtors without my clients even seeing the house yet. And they, they hadn't even been in there. And the realtor's like, yeah, you're number four today. Well, the question is, those people who are selling those homes, where are they going? So that is a great question. They got the question. same problem. They, got, they can't find a house to move to. <laughs> yeah. that, that, is, that is a great question. So uh, what we're seeing a lot of these single family homes are people who've been holding on to these homes for 30 years and are just cashing out now and they're, and they're downsizing. Because the flip side of this is you're seeing a strong demand on single family but condo inventory is way up and buying demand is way down. So you do have those people who are selling here saying, oh, I'll rent a condo or I'll, let me just buy this condo at a, at a great price as an investment and I'll figure it out after. So I guess it's robbing Peter to pay Paul, right? I mean, it's like just, <laughs> I guess you have to live somewhere, right? So everyone, it's like moving pieces on a board. Uh, eventually, uh, you know, eventually... <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, I guess we're all going to move back to our parents' uh, house eventually. I mean, potentially. <laughs> or buy it. <laughs> or buy it. Exactly. Or buy it from them. I like that. And let George list it for him. There you um, go. So, so, so what like, would you say would be the biggest opportunity or maybe, maybe challenge for a family that wants to uh, relocate and move out to the suburbs? Yeah, you know, what do you see as as the the biggest challenge, and perhaps the biggest opportunity? So the biggest challenge is inventory, right off the bat, um, especially down here in our market. So what, if if you know where you want to be, you, you're going to be competing with people. I, I just think, and essentially, almost at every price point now, it's it, it's always been my historically in Miami, we see a million under has always been a pretty strong price point, but a million to two million. I mean, I just put one under in Coral Gables, uh, $2 million listing, four days under contract. Um, and that, I think, I think the average days on market on a property like that in 2019 was like 186. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I went under contract in four days. So the biggest challenge right now is inventory. Um, the, the biggest positive um, is the quality of life you get for your family. Um, you, you get, you get outdoor life. You put, you put your kids uh, on a bike and, and you get them to away from the screen time a little bit. And, and, you know, they can, they can ride around with the neighborhood kids and play basketball and soccer in the streets. And, um, it, it it's a, it's a reliving the, what I would call the glory days. I, I mean, the, when, when suburbs were, were the norm in this country and, um, I'm, I'm old enough up, to remember that. I'm, I remember being able to bike down the street and be friends with your neighbors and play hockey with a tennis ball in Montreal, right on the street. And every once in a while, a car went by. And but it was it was fun. You had a backyard, and it was a great great way of life. Uh, question for you: um, In terms of the infrastructure of the suburbs, what are you seeing or hearing in terms of? Do the schools have enough teachers and rooms in the classrooms? The local governments' services from picking up garbage to, to you know, to everything. How are they coping with what's going to be an enormous influx in a very short time? So right off the bat, they haven't been affected very badly, because right now we're not seeing new inventory in the sense of new construction adding to the current um, numbers in these neighborhoods. So we're seeing people move to these neighborhoods but they're replacing someone else. So it's not like these sub suburb neighborhood populations are growing 
infinitely because there's not enough new construction for that to be happening. But as these new developments start to build out and we see more houses being built and more townhouses, the infrastructure is going to have to be brought up with it. And, and it has to be a discussion on all levels from from the mayors to the governors to the politics to everyone involved because one thing we can't do is we can't have the the population grow and the infrastructure go because you'll you, it will be a problem in these suburbs so um it is it is a big discussion to be had to make sure that they grow simultaneously interesting yeah that makes sense right now it's a a replacement scenario Absolutely. But listen, I, I, I can foresee a future where, where it's going to become an issue. So maybe that can be the next one. Podcast. Thank you for yeah. that plug. You know, there's, um, there's a lot of new companies that have, um, that have been launching recently, taking advantage of this craze. And I think I, I read um, the other day, there was a company that was saying, you know, this sort of, sort of, uh, to rethink and reimagine home ownership by providing a fractional um, uh, single-family home ownership among, you know, in in a prime location in the suburb. So, uh, one person buys a house and then splits it among three, four families, and it becomes an son- apartment, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and a timeshare, right? <laughs> Basically, I was like, so, you know, so we know are- how that turned out, right? I mean, these are old. These are old concepts that at one point made a lot of sense that um, turned out to be disaster for most people. That are now coming back, and I think that you know, in, in some cases, the desperation and the fight for um, you know for for peace of mind or all the good things that come from living in a suburb uh, are making or forcing people to potentially make just bad decisions um, and perhaps maybe not thinking through some of the decisions that they're making about single family living, um, uh, you know, because the timely pressures of COVID and all of that are so, are so real, you know? So it's like, you know, the, the Brady bill for, for home buy, <laughs> yeah, just take a minute, pause, relax, take a deep breath. And then, you know, if, you, if after that moment you decide that you still want to live in the suburbs, you know, you can go ahead and move forward. I mean, I, are we are we going to find that that people are going to regret, uh, you know, this move? Um, you know, look back and say, why the hell did I do that? Yes. And there we have it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, the answer, I think I think George just started thinking. You mean I can sell the same house to three people? Oh, I got to change my whole model. So, hundred percent. To your point, Jamie. But also, um, that takes me back to the question you guys asked me a couple minutes ago about my importance in this project and in, in, in this time right now to these buyers. And I think this comes back to that: it, it, you need to be working with the right person. You need to have someone who is honestly going to guide you to what's best for you and your family, not what's best for their pocketbook. And, and there's a lot of agents out there who are just in it to make the money. And, and listen, it's a job. I get it. But the really good ones take the time to make sure every buyer makes the right decision for themselves, because that's how you sustain business, essentially, in this market. It's word of mouth. If I do right by you, you're going to tell your friends I did right by you. So- um, it comes back to the, you really need to be working with an agent who has your best interest in mind. Nice. And, and I guess it makes sense, right? So having the right partner, 
uh, someone like yourself to be able to guide you through the process, um, make the right decisions, whether or not it's for you personally or for your family. Um, uh, you know, it's it's these are big decisions that need um, to be to be thought through in the right way. And so, the impulse that we're seeing, the headlines that we're seeing about people moving to the suburbs, albeit um, are maybe a slight, you know, it's a trend slightly faddish, but it's, it's really um, an important step towards building wealth and building and building a life for yourself. So, so it's definitely something words to words to live by um, wise words to live by. So thank you for that, George. You know, I, you know, I always look at, um, um, you know, the, 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 try to look at the future and try to see, well, okay, what are things that are happening now and what perhaps will be the, both positive and negative impact um, down the road. And I think that there could be some really interesting things happening uh, in the world today, um, you know, with this, with this trend, both, but not only here in Miami, but, um, but, you know, around the country. Um, so Jamie, a quick, quick question for you. I know you moved that you moved down here to the, you were once in the city and you then came down to the sort of the quote unquote suburbs. Like what was your reasoning for doing that? That was way before COVID. Yeah, that was way before COVID, but I had a feeling something was coming. Something didn't feel right. You have an itch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a 100 no, number no, for that. My, my, you know, no, my skin problems are a completely different issue. <laughs> well, you know, for me, it was a combination of always wanting to have lived here because my mother lived here and I have more family here than anywhere else. And of course, the weather is tremendous. And it's a young, growing city. Miami, I don't think, is even 100 years old or barely 100 years old. There's so much dynamic change going on here. And it, it just looked very attractive. And to George's point, sitting in an apartment, once I wasn't no, once I was no longer working on Wall Street, sitting in an apartment with 22 degree weather and putting on my coat and taking off my coat and taking the subway, I thought there might be a, a change in order. And uh, I'm very glad I did. Everything that George was mentioning in terms of quality of life here is true. And uh, I'm seeing more and more people like Alex yourself, you came down after me, more and more people that I knew in New York that are slowly moving down here or moving to California or moving around. And and I, I think it's a bit of a concern for places like New York, although New York is very resilient and has always come back. And I, and, and I love that city. But for me, it was a quality of life close to family. The fact that there are no taxes doesn't hurt. Um, and uh, it's turned out to be a great move. Well, look, so this is an amazing conversation. So I want to thank you, George. Uh, for taking the time to talk with us about uh, what it's like on the ground uh, for that fight for that location uh, in the suburb near you. And, and Jamie, you know, I think that um, uh, you, you posed some really great questions. Hopefully our, um, our viewers and our listeners will, will, will feel uh, will find this valuable uh, just as much as we did. So George, thank you. thank you. Thank you very much again for me as well. A pleasure listening to your, uh, to your insights into the, uh, into what's going on right now. And, and, uh, and hopefully uh, people will learn something from that. My pleasure, guys, and, and thanks for having me on. This has been a great conversation. I enjoyed it. Um, it, it was a lot of fun having it. Um, this, I look forward to listening to this podcast and the, and the future ones. Thanks for having me on. All right. Cheers, guys. Take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.